You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. You know, in case you're new here, my name is Doug. I'm the pastor here at City Church Downtown. And I think if you hang around here long enough, you'll find us to be a very diverse tribe of people, uh, not only every different age, race, and walk of life, but also we're all at different points in our spiritual journeys. There are people that have been here that have been walking with Christ for many years. And there are others who are what we would call baby Christians. You're kind of new to the tribe and you're kind of catching on and growing in your relationship with God and your knowledge of the word and connection to God. And then there are those of you that are spiritual investigators that are trying to figure out if God's even for real. And we hope that all of you can kind of come here at your own pace and uh, experience a connection with the living God. Well, today's teaching, you're going to hear from Aaron Dockery, who leads our spirituality and film tribe, and everybody who goes through that tribe just loves it. In fact, we're kind of celebrating something in Aaron's life today that he has just recently received his master's degree in human resources, and so Aaron, let's celebrate that for Aaron uh, you today, and I know, I know he's done a lot of hard work. Uh, to get there, and we're so grateful to have Aaron here to teach us today the importance of interconnection in tribal relationships. And I want to ask you a question before I uh, eject from the stage, and it's simply this. Do you believe that a person can grow spiritually without God-honoring friendships? Or is it true that to make it through this life, you need good friends who will be there for you. All right, good morning. Good morning, 1030. First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. Now before y'all start thinking this is already starting to derail, no, I'm not quoting the Bible. Does anybody know where that came from? Tony Montana, Scarface. It was an equation that the gentleman had, is popularized by Mr. Al Pacino. Great movie, um, horrible ending, but nevertheless. It was an equation of what he thought success actually looked like in his life. And it was simple enough, and when I was about the age of 15, I had a similar equation for myself. Um, it wasn't as brutal as his, but nevertheless, mine was I had to play high school football, I had to score touchdowns, and then, then the women would come. Uh, and yeah, that's me, uh, about 150 pounds, and hair, ABC, BBD, <laughs> boys to men. Anyway, it wasn't until about my junior year that I actually experienced what I was going for. And I remember it clearly because the thing was, I had a lot of pain because I had plenty of passes that bounced off my face mask. I had dropped passes in the end zone. I was at receiver. It was like, oh, geez, he's open, but do we really want to throw him the ball? <laughs> in my junior year, uh, I remember it clearly. I had kind of moved to a tailback position. I was running. And I mean, the goal line is coming to me, and I'm going to beat the safety, and I'm going to score. And, it's like, and I'm thinking in my mind, this is it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And now I'm about, all my dreams are about to come true. This is going to happen. And so I scored. And I was happy, but yet it just, it didn't translate. It, it just, it kind of felt like, is this it? Is this it? And, and so I turned around 
And then I see these two offensive linemen running towards me. And they're, Doc Ray! Doc Ray! And they grab me, and they, like, pick me up in the air. They're saying my name. And, and I mean, I'm, at that moment, at that moment in time, I connected with something, something greater than myself. I mean, suddenly I had energy like I never had before. Suddenly I realized that I wasn't just playing for me. I mean, we were playing for each other. We were connected in a special type of way. You know, Jesus touches on this in John 15, 12. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, so many times in our life, we feel like we're focused. We got a fixed view of what success actually looks like. And we're just driven. We, that's what we need, that's what we want, that's what our purpose is. And what happens? What happens if we don't get those things? We have this emotional imbalance. I mean, y'all some holy people, we, we're talking about those other people who ain't here right now. You see them, there's an emotional imbalance, they're, they're angry. Some of them are angry at God, angry at other people, their upbringings, all because they didn't reach that point. And then what happens with other people when they do reach those pinnacles of success? Suddenly it's like, oh, you know what? Something's missing. Something's not there. You know what? But instead of just asking God, hey, God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose supposed to be? What if there's a larger equation in play? What if there's something within my purpose? What if within my purpose, the catastrophes of my past are actually connected to someone else's success? What if you are actually the answer to someone else's equation? And that's what we want to talk about today. The big idea for today, what we're going to talk about, is the needs of the many. And so for those of you who have been with me before, you've been in the class before, you know there's a movie clip coming, you know where it's going, it's okay, we're going to get there. But this is the thing, if we're really honest with ourselves, we cannot be successful by ourselves. We can't. And what do we do? We start to fill our lives with things that we think are going to fill the void, whether it be food, relationships, hobbies, it doesn't matter. Now, for all those items, we can talk about another time what's good, what is bad, but what we want to talk about today truly is how we're supposed to interconnect with each other as Christ followers and how we can help one another grow. Because the thing is, if we truly want to recognize something, one of the first things you need to realize is that others need us. Others need us. And I know what you're thinking, man, I am so jacked up, Aaron, you do not know me. And, and yeah, I know some of y'all in this audience and some of y'all are jacked up, it's okay, it's okay. But at the same time, yes, God can use you. Oh, Aaron, I'm not smart enough, I'm too weak. I'm not, I didn't have a good family background. I've made too many mistakes. It's okay, God uses broken people. Last time I checked, there was only one perfect person. You know, in the Old Testament, there's a small book of Esther. It's about a woman who, beautiful, beautiful Jewish woman who actually marries into the family of Xerxes. And even though she has 
a royal position, and she's just one of many wives, she actually becomes very influential and time and time again in the book in terms of how she not only can save the people, her people, and herself, but she's there for a purpose. And actually Mordecai, one of her advisors, actually tells her in Esther 4.14 and says, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. You see, God doesn't just bless you with what you have just for you to just sit there and ah, just wallowing in my goodness. No. God gives you things and circumstances, your present time, this moment, for you to be influential for someone else. Why does it feel good to volunteer? Even though if you do it for work, even though you're, somebody's making you do it, as soon as you do it, what happens? You feel good. You know, and some of y'all know what I'm about to say right now. Why does it feel good to give? Why does it feel good to give in church? You know Doug going to hit you up. There are three ways that you can give. <laughs> early, often, and right now. <laughs> but nevertheless, it feels good. It's right. And we can't take it with us anyway, so what you worried about? Needs of the many because it's not always about you. And then times, sometimes it is. Uh, I, was in, uh, I was getting my bachelor's degree, and uh, I was, already had a part-time job. You know, I was, oh man, I want to make that big money, I want to make that big money. I had to get another part-time job, so I started to deliver pizzas. Uh, and those were the days when you had to call and people paid with a check and what have you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little old, but nevertheless. So, you know, on a good day, you might take home about $20, $30 in tips. If it's like a football party weekend or something, you might take home $40 or $50. I went to this person's house once, and it was just a Saturday night. I was feeling low about myself because everybody else is partying, and I'm delivering pizzas to their party. <laughs> and so I go to this house, and this guy, he, he hands me a check. Uh, kids, if you don't know what that is, ask your parents. And then there's a couple of bills underneath it. One was a $1 bill, standard. Next bill was a $100 bill. And of course, I immediately froze, stopped, because I didn't feel like getting arrested, and uh, said to him, uh, it must be a mistake. And he said, no, 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 that's for you. That's for you. Now, this is the significance of it. I was poor. That money was spent like within 48 hours. <laughs> I was eating. But he didn't know how much I needed him at that moment in time. And I'll take it even one step further. At that time in college, the way that I would actually deal with like breakups or relationships with women, I would actually say, ooh, you know what? I need to spend time alone. And I would isolate myself. And I'd say, ooh, I need time to heal. I wasn't healing, I was festering. I was mulling over it. I wasn't getting better, I was getting worse. I needed people. And there's times where we need people. You know, when do you go to a doctor? When you're sick, you can't heal yourself. I don't care how much robotussin you got. <laughs> Why do you go to a mechanic? You need your car fixed. You can try and trust somebody else, but that's your car. And why do you go to a, get a plumber? You ankle deep in water. 
And that only happened one time, and my wife still reminds me about it from time to time. But this is the thing. Why in the world do we try to Indiana Jones our spiritual lives? We try to think, oh, I'm going to do everything by myself. Just me and God. Just me and God. Reality is this, and please, I don't want you to misconstrue this. You should have a personal relationship with God. There are times where you do need to get alone with God, and you do need to get in the Word. But guess what? There are also times where tribes and different relationships can actually help you get closer to God. They can help facilitate that. In fact, in Hebrews 10:24, the writer actually says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds and not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Because church is a conduit. It's an avenue. The tribes are a conduit. They're an avenue that can help you. H2O, recovery, peel the onion, spirituality in movies. We have fun. We was watching Boondock Saints, Goodfellas, Godfather. Oh, I get down. Y'all missed it. But what's the alternative? Ever see National Geographic? You see that lion running out? Who's the lion go after? Does it go after the herd or the stray? It goes after the stray. And he's chomping on that. First Peter 5, 8. Your enemy, the devil, walk, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. When you isolate yourself, you are open. You are prey. So that's the reason why tribes not only eat, we protect each other. And it's a good thing. Needs of the many. From a purpose standpoint, uh, so if you're with me, you're around me, and you've been in any of my classes, you know I'm going to show a movie clip. Next clip, I am not ashamed to show. Uh, it is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. If you haven't seen it, dear God, you need to rent it. We'll pray for you. It's all good. Uh, the poignancy of this clip, I was, I was about 12, 13 when I first saw it, did hit me. I'm, I'm more of a Star Wars fan than Star Trek, but... Uh, this was probably one of the most powerful moments in the film. If you're not a Star Trek fan, um, there are two really good friends. There's a captain uh, played by James Kirk and Spock. And out of all the situations and the circumstances in the series they've always been through, they've always managed to somehow survive the situation. Well, in this particular movie, this is the second movie. Uh, the first movie was horrible, in my opinion. but. In this particular movie, I mean, they came through one of the most deadliest enemies in Khan, and the ship was able to barely survive, and Spock actually puts himself in harm's way because in order for the ship to survive, he had to basically endure some radiation, and by enduring that radiation, it was going to kill him, and he does it. And right at that moment, Kirk actually finds out what happens, and he's running down to see what happened because it's a, he only has minutes to live. So let's take a look. No! You'll flood the whole compartment. You'll die. Sir, 
He's dead already. It's too late. Yes. Don't grieve him, Admiral. It is logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. See, true purpose goes beyond you. True purpose goes beyond your wealth. It's generational. It's connected. The sum totals of your present calamities does not represent your present circumstance and your situation. You know, your life is not about the next promotion, the next job. It's more than that. You know, what what you're living through, where you're going, the mountaintop that you're striving to get on top of is not just for you, it's for the next generation. That mountaintop that you're striving for is going to be a stepping stone for them. In the book of Genesis, story of Joseph, Joseph was a boy. He was a boy who had a coat of many colors. He was a boy who had a dream that God gave him, that he was going to be in an authority position. He was a boy 
who actually told his family his dreams, and they wanted to kill him. I know some of y'all have never been through that before. He was a boy who actually not only had to endure physical beating from them, but then they sold him as a slave. And then as a young man, had to endure trials and turmoil, caught a case, got a prison record. I'm sure none of y'all have never had to endure that. And then nevertheless, God raised him to a position and authority as a governor in Egypt to not only save the lives of several Egyptians, but also was able to save his own people. And in Genesis 45, when his brothers, and he's actually there, and he's actually able to talk to his brothers again and see them now that he's in the place as a man. Look at what he says. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Very similarly, Paul in Romans 5, 6 actually says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus knew the needs of the many. So while we're striving and, and working towards and, and gazing in, ahead into the futures of our successes, and we're trying to work our equations we need to realize that there's a long line of sacrifice behind us for a lot of people for us to be here. And a lot of blood that was spilled so we could be here. And that blood, that blood's brown. That blood's white. That blood's black. But most importantly, that blood is red. And that's the blood of Jesus. That's the blood that was on the cross for all of us, for all of you. Our lives are not meant for us alone. My life is meant for you. Your life is meant for me. And our lives, the sum total, of that equation is meant for purpose. Purpose to help us live long and prosper. Don't you bow your heads with me? You know, maybe some of you don't really know this God that we keep talking about. Maybe there's an imbalance in your life and the equations just don't, don't add up. If that's the case, I want you to pray something with me. Dear, dear Father, we pray right now. We don't know you like we should, but we want to. 
we're sinners. We believe that you died for us and that you rose again. And we pray that you would help us to not only connect with you, but to connect with others in the right way. In your name we pray. And Father, I pray for every single person that prayed that prayer, every single person that felt something. I pray that right now you would reach into every heart and every soul and that you would implant your DNA of what true purpose should be in our lives. And we pray that as we leave from this place, that you will go with us and you would drive us closer to you and your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.